gamers. Welcome back to the Critics Podcast. Joseph Salamone has descended further into his alcoholism, and Adam has retreated to himself. In an attempt to save the podcast, Star Wars superfan Fernando has joined us today for this Star Wars discussion. Um, my name is Joseph. Uh, I'm your host. <laughs> uh, uh, my name a is... a little bit that we were doing, and then yeah. I'm joined by... Uh, you are joined by your esteemed co-host and... Uh, rival that you may have a uh, smooch for at the end of episode nine adam sidorius and we are joined by maybe the biggest star wars fan that i know yeah uh fernando here um as a compliment to be called the biggest star wars fan you know i definitely know i'm not the biggest but i like to say i'm a pretty big star wars fan um and i'm excited to get into this conversation we're about to have i'll just say fernando i know a lot of star wars fans but i think i kind of i think i vibe with people like you that like have better they like i don't want to say like you have to have an appreciation for the sequel trilogy because i respect people that don't Mm. but um people that are at least civil about it because there's so much toxicity with yeah so i always appreciate stuff like this Um, i uh funnily enough uh like un like i didn't unprompted a a, a last jet discussion opened up at my office today and they were all like shitting on it and i just had to stay quiet because i was like yeah. i don't want to get attacked or fired <laughs> <laughs> it'd be funny if you got fired for liking the last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, I, i've came close a couple times um so if you guys couldn't tell or you didn't read the title of this pod we are talking about we're mostly talking about the last Jedi. This is mostly a defense for the last Jedi episode. Um, I know many people just turned off the pod right now, but Mm -hmm. I don't care. Um, We're also going to be talking about kind of the retrospect after the sequel trilogy has happened. Like it's happened. It's done. We're probably not going to see Ray for at least a few more years. I think probably almost 10 years. So I think it's, if there's any time to do a retrospect, it's when we're all quarantined in our house and we're doing nothing but watching movies anyways. Um, so real quick, guys, uh, I'll start with you, Fernando. What is mm-hmm. your like history with Star Wars? Like, where did the love begin? Uh, where did you find it? What's your favorite of the franchise? Like, tell me all about your history with Star Wars. Yeah. So for me, Star Wars, as long as I can remember, um, I've loved the the world. Um, I remember elementary school being uh, really big into it. Um, I had a couple close friends who were also into it, but I also dealt with that classic, you know, um, suppression of it at a certain age because I didn't want to be considered like a nerd or get bullied or anything like that. So there was a point in my life I remember that I kind of uh, like left it because I was like scared of being, you know, um, singled out or bullied. Um, but then I remember returning to it like in a really big way later, um, later on in like eighth grade, maybe ninth grade. Um, Because I was just like, you know what, whatever. I love Star Wars. um, And whether people like that or want to clown me for it, I don't care. Um, And it was around that time when I started getting really into, like, expanded universe stuff. Um, I obviously loved. So growing up, I loved loved the prequels so much. And this is something that I always remember um, and kind of use it as, like, an exploration for myself to be like you know as you grow older your opinions on movies definitely change a lot because mm-hmm. for me i love the the prequels so much episode i remember fondly remembering that episode two was my favorite star wars movie for a long time 
Um, yeah, exactly. Which now looking back is really bad. <laughs> um, but it was simple for me as a kid because it was like, okay, which movie has the most lightsabers in a in one scene, and it's Episode Two, right? Yeah, um, at the uh, at the end. Yeah, yeah. The more lightsabers there are, the better it is for me. Um, so I loved it. But then as I grew older, I started learning more about like you know what makes movies you know technically good. Um, and I actually was the kind of person that thought the original trilogy was kind of boring at a young age. Um, but as I rewatched them, I learned why they're so good and why they're um, kind of timeless. Um, and then when the sequel trilogy was coming out, you know, Force Awakens was my first Star Wars movie in the theater, seeing it. Um, I went opening night. I went opening night for every of the sequel trilogy, even the spinoffs. Um, I've gone to Star Wars Celebration uh, the one year it, it was um, in Orlando because um, I'm from Florida. So I was able to make that journey. Um, and it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of like my brief history with Star Wars. Were you able to get into the last Jedi panel? I was not. No, I got into I didn't get into the official one. I got into the second screening room that they have, which was moderated by Warwick Davis. Um, right. Yeah. So I got a pretty good seat in that in that venue um, and got to talk with Warwick. And then we reacted with everyone else as, you know, they did the, the panel and the trailer reveal uh, for The Last Jedi, which was still really awesome. Yeah. I when I went to Star Wars Celebration that year, um, I uh, I we somehow were able to get press passes, mm. um, which yeah. I don't even know how I pulled that off. I think that's even trickier than Joe doing the Sundance thing. Um, cause I did not feel like I belonged there cause I got <laughs> press seats for, um, that and I got press seats for, uh, the rebels panel, Oh yeah, yeah. which was dope. It was really dope. Um, and do you remember that one video that went viral where it was like the, um, them reenacting the, like the, uh, ending of rogue one, but on the uh, yes, celebration, yes. if I, you, I if you rewatch it, I'm in that video, like awkwardly walking by really? and I'm like watching them like reenact it. Like when they get to the doors, I'm going I, through the doors right when they get there. I got to rewatch it. Cause I remember, was that on the day of the last Jedi panel? Yes. Cause in the, in the um, video, I'm literally holding the poster they gave us in my hand. <laughs> I think I'm like 90% sure I was watching. Like I was in the vicinity as it was going down to like, I remember like people in cosplay, like running and I was like, yo, this is like really cool. Um, but I wasn't, I didn't know what was going on, but then I saw the video afterwards. Um, I remember that they also on one of the main, like, uh, staircases that was like, yeah, was, like, staircase, like a bunch of pe- everyone in cosplay just like lined up like Jedi stormtroopers. And it was insane. Um, and yeah, like Star Wars celebration is, if you love Star Wars, like if you get to go to one, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I cannot wait because I know it's, they're like circulating through the different. Uh, like as last year was what Chicago, I believe. Um, last one, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's gonna go back to LA next time, mm-hmm. um, yep. and then uh, uh, the UK again, and then Orlando again. Mm. I think. Um, so I'm really hoping I can go back to a yeah. celebration. Um, Joe, do you want to tell us about like your history with Star Wars? Like, so how you got into it yeah. and everything? Yeah. Um, 
I didn't. I'm the only one in the pod who hasn't gone to Star Wars Celebration. Uh, <laughs> now so, you know how I feel about uh, Sundance. Yeah, you're oh, the only yeah. one in here who hasn't been to Sundance. So, um, uh, well, um, I Star Wars. My brother's name is Luke, so uh, my dad's a really big Star Wars fan. And that's uh, it. So, that's all the time we have so, today. Yeah, that's all we have today. <laughs> Working really fine. Yeah, um, no. Um, yeah, no, I grew up watching playing uh, Lego Star Wars uh, a lot, mm. and I, I watched them a lot. My dad had a, a, the VHSs of the. Uh, the un-specialized uh, version, like, yep. like you just have like an OG VHS, and when we, we sold them at a garage sale, and it's one of the deepest mm. regrets of my life. But uh, so I, I I grew up watching Star Wars. Uh, my dad never liked the prequels, so I just didn't like them either because I was like, oh, oh, my dad's always right, um, and he <laughs> he was right in that regard because I um I, I've I've watched them since I'm, I'm even Revenge of the Sith I'm not really too hot on. Uh, but um yeah I, I mean I loved Star Wars growing up. I never. Uh, I I just I, I've always just liked Star Wars. I've like I've always been like like in elementary school I would just talk about it a lot. And I mean all the other boys at my school liked them, so it was like I was the cool guy, so it was fine. And then in middle school I kind of switched to Minecraft, like that was my main thing. But I still always <laughs> like Star Wars. What and a transition! Then, uh, yeah, Minecraft, uh, which is arguably better, but. Uh, I uh, I was very um the sequel trilogy uh, I went opening night each time. Uh, it's sad though because um the, I I much prefer like reserve seating for ticketing. Like I think that's like a better alternate. That's a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. But there I do somewhat miss like camping out because I camped uh, I like yeah. well, the um the Force Awakens is the last movie I camped out for because mm-hmm. uh, it was the last time I didn't have assigned seats. And yeah. I waited like f- five hours like outside the theater because I started the mm-hmm. line and it was just a uh, friend of the pod loss and waited with me and we had a it was a very a very fun night uh and uh i i liked the force awakens a lot um the first time i saw it i was like this is amazing and i i've gone back and i, I have issues with it but i still think it's a very really re- really high quality movie mm-hmm. um I, I don't the, the whole uh that it's a, a blueprint it's a copy of the a new hope doesn't really bother me i don't really care about that uh, I, I think it, the characters of the establishers are great and i think it's a really good uh first movie in a series and um yeah and i love the last jedi so mm-hmm. um, there's yeah that. adam uh, what's your history with star wars my history of star wars is very uh long spanning i think because i my history like never died like it it's just been ongoing since day one um mm-hmm. i remember my like the first image i ever have of star wars is leaving the movie theater after my mom took me to see the first Spider-Man movie in 2002. Mm. And I saw the poster for Attack of the Clones. Like, it was one of those big Mondo, like, hang-up posters they put on the walls. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, like, roll down or whatever. And I saw that, and I'm like, what is that? Like, <laughs> I was like, I need to see Star Wars. And I told my grandpa when I got home, like, I asked him, like, do you know what Star Wars is? And he's like, yeah he's like let me tell you about Mm -hmm. it and he didn't have the movies so he like literally went to go buy them the next day and then he brought them home after work and was like i'm about to show you something amazing and he like he showed me all of the prequels or not the prequels Mm -hmm. he showed me all of the uh, original trilogy and he didn't have the prequels he only bought the first three movies and i remember the kid that lived across the street from me he brought over phantom menace because he had it (laughs) and he showed it to me and I had to wait like a year for um, Attack of the Clones to go on DVD because I couldn't, my mom wouldn't take me to go see like that in theaters because she doesn't like Star Wars. 
Um, although I somehow convinced her to take me to see Revenge of the Sith. Um, so that was my first Star Wars movie in the theater. Um, I saw the Clone Wars movie in the theater because I was... I saw the Clone, Clone Wars was my first uh, one in the theater. Wow. Yeah, I remember um, they gave... This kind of sums up the start of Clone Wars as a whole. It, like when you bought a ticket at Regal, they gave you a Target shopping guide with your ticket to go buy <laughs> toys after the movie. <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, and, and for anyone that uh, hasn't watched it, Clone Wars, Rebels, um, they're both fantastic shows. Yes. Uh, are you you're a fan too? Yeah, I love uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, haven't delved into Resistance that much. I still hear it's like decent. Yeah, I started Resistance. It's not. I think it's the first piece of Star Wars media that I had to admit just was not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I I totally respect it, and I'm glad it exists. I'm glad families are enjoying it it's just one of those it's because that was my fear of rebels was when it started i'm like oh it's a little too kitty, you know yeah. um, i can't really enjoy it and Re- resistance is what i thought rebels was gonna be yeah but that's not really a bad thing it's kind of what we're gonna talk about with the last jedi it's not for me i have to give it to the next generation it's fine yeah. um so when the force awakens is coming out i got my first job ever at amc theaters and I told this story last week on the pod, but uh, mm-hmm. I'll tell it again this week. Um, I got my first job at AMC, and it I got hired the week The Force Awakens was coming out. And my manager said, hey, we're having an employee screening tonight of The Force Awakens. And this was like the Tuesday, like the night the premiere was happening. And I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to see this movie three days early. And I had to, we had to wait until like 2 a.m. to see the movie um because like the key unlocked at that time and i was able to watch the force awakens for the first time at like, 2 a.m in an empty imax 3d theater yeah. um and only watch it with my coworkers, and it was a magical experience for me um and i love the force awakens i i acknowledge it has some issues i think it's kind of a near perfect blockbuster i think mm-hmm. it's like the most relentlessly fun movie i've seen in many years like it just it starts and you don't get off the ride until it's done. You know, it's like yeah. so much fun. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, all that being said, this all paved way for massive hype for the Last Jedi. Um, so Fernando, I have to ask you, like, how was your hype for the Last Jedi after the Force Awakens, and what were your like initial thoughts? Because I know some people saw it and their opinions may have changed one way or the other after they saw it. Um, what were your opinions the first time you saw it? Are they different now or what? Yeah. So after Force Awakens, um, so Force Awakens being my first Star Wars movie experience in a theater, um, definitely affected the way I saw it. Um, obviously I still remember, um, coming out of that and then immediately talking with all my friends I went to see it with and even like starting conversations with conversations with strangers being like, being like, yeah, Ray Ray has to be Luke's daughter. Yeah, it has to be. Um, and just making all these like predictions. Uh, then waiting for two years, going to Star Wars Celebration, um, seeing the trailer, the first trailer, uh, pretty much live with everyone and like going crazy. Um, and then going to the theater and seeing it for the first time. I still like whenever I see a tweet. That's like, oh, name one of your favorite movie experiences. I still put Last Jedi as one of my favorites. Um, I I cried so much during Last Jedi, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, it's insane how 
emotional I got watching it. Um, and the the crazy thing is the when Last Jedi came out, it was still during the the time of Movie Pass, right? So mm-hmm. what yeah. I did, what I did was um, when tickets when I went on sale, I obviously bought advance tickets when they dropped for um for IMAX, and then that same night with the friend I went to go see it with, we were like, because we went to like an earlier screening on opening night. Um, and then we were like, fuck it. Let's just go to yeah. like a mid, let's go see it again at midnight, like the same day. <laughs> um, although the, the screening was already like kind of sold out. So we sat like front row, but it was so worth it. Um, and yeah, yeah so I saw it, I actually saw it three times in two days. Cause the next day I went back and saw it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but my initial reaction is still kind of, um, it's still the same opinion of it I have today. And to be honest, like I still, I think of it highly, like more highly, um, just now that the whole story is completed, you know, I feel now that everything's wrapped up and we'll probably talk about this at towards the end of the podcast, but, um, now that we have a full story, I think you can see things in a more clear line now. Um, but even then when it was just Last Jedi before Rise of Skywalker, I still was in love with it. Um, so those were my thoughts. Yeah, and like, it's funny what you say about the movie pass thing, because I remember The Last Jedi was in theaters like a few months before they did that, they implemented that, um, thing where you could only see a movie once. Mm-hmm. So I saw The Last Jedi so many times with movie pass, I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I distinctly remember going to see that, uh, stupid Helen Mirren movie, Winchester, and I was only seeing it because I had movie pass. I was like, I got to get my money's worth. Okay. Um, and then The Last Jedi I was playing next door at uh, AMC Altamont. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go see Last Jedi again. I'm not doing this. And I saw it like 10, almost 10 times in theaters. I, oh. yeah, I adore The Last Jedi. Um, my feelings, I, I'll admit the first night I saw it, I loved it. But like it had so much happens in the third act of that movie. And I had none of it spoiled for me. Mm where I was like, I was just shocked, you know, like yeah. when Luke, spoiler alert, when Luke dies, I, yeah. I was telling my girlfriend tonight, cause we rewatched it before the pod. And I was like, when this happened in the theater, my jaw was dropped and I almost didn't believe he died because like you watch one of the most iconic characters in all of media mm-hmm. die in front of you. And I didn't know what to feel. And it's like you said, Fernando, like the more I watch it, the more I appreciate it. And the further away from it I get, the more I appreciate it too. So, um, uh, Joe, do you want to talk about like your hype for the last Jedi, how it paid off? If your opinions changed either um, way. Yeah. Uh, I was, I mean, I was super, super, I cried when I saw, I cried like three times when I saw the force awakens. <laughs> uh, so I was very excited to see, uh, to see it. And I mean, um, when Force Awakens came out, there was all that kind of backlash because Star Wars fans are the worst. Like a lot of there was a lot of backlash thrown at the film for being like two saves up. And I, 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 I went back and rewatched it, and I just kind of, well, kind of to echo what Adam said, I really do think it's kind of like a perfect blockbuster. Like there's a really good Patrick Willems has a really good video about the Force Awakens where he talks about how it's kind of a, a really big breath of fresh air for the story, and it's a really, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a shock of like. Like energy pushed into the series you know because i mean the the prequels are are from are not the most like exciting movies to watch um because well i mean there's a bunch of action but a lot of it is just like kind of talking mm-hmm. so it was uh, you know the the cameras the can the big sweeping camera movements and the really high octane stuff i really i really enjoy it it's a very fun it's a it's one of the most 
fun uh, blockbusters I've ever seen. And so I was I was super I didn't get to go Star Wars Celebration, but I was super super hyped for Star Wars: The Last Jedi. And um, I uh, I saw it opening night, and I, I uh, immediate I I, I def when it ended, I, I turned to my brother and I was like, "That's the best Star Wars movie." And I haven't stopped saying it hmm. since. I I've 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 really grown to to love this movie more every every time i see it i like it more it's just and, and people give people who I, people who hate this movie hate, hate this movie i really i at first i didn't i, I thought it was just kind of internet people but I, I people in real life have like yelled at me for like liking this movie like i've gotten in very heated arguments in person with like very good friends about this movie and, we literally and just, have writers I mean, and just, critics that don't like we'll yeah that's in the group chat that are like very very heated conversations in the critics uh group chat yeah uh, it's very heated <laughs> very heated um, yeah. and i it's uh the um yeah I, I, every time i i i i for a while i was like maybe it's tied with empire but I, I think it's better than empire at this point but i uh i watched it again last night for this pod and i tried because i watched it again before rise of skywalker and uh rise of skywalker made me like last year even more um and I, I watched it again last night and i, I said we're gonna talk about it on the pod so i'm gonna, I'm gonna try to watch it like as skeptical as possible because for mm-hmm. a while and i don't know how you guys will feel about this but for a while the way i kind of just came to peace with the movie was i said it just depends like what type there's like two types of star wars fans and there are like there's are there are like the star wars fans who are who are like very obsessed with like the lore and the legacy and then there are people who are watching it for a good movie and i thought i kind of fell into the second camp but when i watched it again last night i feel like this movie has everything. Like, I don't, under, I really don't understand why people don't like this movie. Like I, I've, I've heard the arguments and I don't think any of them really hold any water. I just, it's, I, I, I don't know. I just don't, I, I really think this is like a, cause it, it has all of the, the heart of a Star Wars movie. It's got the characters, it's got the adventure, it's got really, um, it's got the quippy dialogue. It's got like everything that the originals have, but that it also um, has really, probably the most it's probably the most like fully realized star wars movie in the sense that there are fully realized themes and completed character arcs and the movie has something to say like there's a definite message to the film mm-hmm. well it's not only like one definite message like this movie has so many messages like it has mm-hmm. so many different themes that i can almost understand when someone says it's overstuffed i don't agree with that but i i at least yeah. see that maybe as a valid criticism but mm-hmm. there's also part of me that thinks I don't know if you guys agree with this, but there might there's some movies out there that are imperfect, but like I find beauty in their imperfections. Like The Last Jedi has certain issues where it's a little rougher on the edges at points, mm-hmm. or where it like it works its hard on its sleeve. And mm-hmm. but that just makes me love it more. Like yeah. I there's something about it, like even like the messy natures of the movie or like the like just how jumbled it is at points. Like the way it goes from Canto Bite to um like back and forth to the island with ray like it doesn't really mesh completely well but there's also like a beauty to that to me like where i'm like i don't care like i love it anyways <laughs> i love the weirdness i love the stuff that may not work for some people i like it's i've seen this movie almost 20 times now and it's <laughs> getting insane but i can't get enough of it like i even post rise of skywalker i rewatch it and i just have the fondest memories the biggest smile and I'm almost moved to tears every time I watch it because like the third act mm-hmm. is so powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wanted to break down like the themes of this movie. Um, like, I mean, were there any like specific themes that you know of Fernando that like really stick out to you in this movie? 
for me for me the the biggest like emotional thing um that last shot i did got right for me and i'll say this in terms of star wars um i feel like i've got into a point now that the the skywalker saga has like wrapped up i got into a point where i i realized that i watch star wars and like understandable if people think this is like hypocritical or like um not fair to other films but star wars is just like a different beast for me so i kind of watch them with like a different pair of glasses than i do other kinds of movies um and this is just a choice i make um for myself because that's what brings me enjoyment in them um so for last jedi the thing that definitely gets me the most um is the whole message of um pretty much like passing past like the passing of the torch um luke's death and you know saying that there's never going to be a last jedi um the whole ending of it really like makes me emotional and um is like the main thing i love about uh the last jedi for sure yeah i mean there's a handful of i'd say pitch perfect sequences in this movie that are just like flawless executions of Mm -hmm. what cinema can be and i think Mm -hmm. i think there's like at least a top five list of like best scenes in this movie but one of the best no doubt is the burning of the tree sequence yeah oh my god it's so good oh my i was watching last night i was legit like this is why is this movie so good like i don't understand yeah it's like he just flexed on us. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it's the thing that you're saying about um, passing the torch and like, um, it, it's funny because like all the characters in this movie, um, it, they all represent, like, I know it's Star Wars, but they all feel the most real in this movie. Like Star Wars has never felt more realistic than they have in this movie because mm-hmm. each character, even the best, like Ray and Luke are like the epitome of good, but even they are like deeply flawed in this movie. And mm-hmm. the thing that I love about like Luke's journey in this movie is that he he thinks his failure is like his downfall, but his mm-hmm. failure is his greatest strength because he is the hero that can like learn from his mistakes and ultimately make the biggest sacrifice and the biggest heroic movement that inspires the entire galaxy. Mm-hmm. And like it's so beautiful. Like he has one last stand that saves the day and he defines like a generation by doing so. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, he passes on the torch to every single person across the galaxy, not just Ray, but also Broomkin, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. he, he does that. And it's like, it's incredible. Like the people that say, and I don't want to like have this whole pod, like bash on people don't like this movie. I don't want it to be that, but I just have to say this. When people say they don't like what they did to Luke in this movie, I like mm. just don't, I can't comprehend that. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't mm-hmm. understand how someone watches this movie and, like gets all the way to the third act and it's like mm-hmm. they they ruined luke i'm like they made luke better than he's ever been like this movie like he they turned luke into the best jedi like no other jedi has ever made a sacrifice as big as luke did like mm-hmm. it's insane like yoda and obi-wan they all or and qui-gon they all died for the cause but like luke's death saved the entire rebellion like it's insane and like when people say like 
in disrespect to the character, I'm like, he has the most beautiful death in all of Star Wars. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely agree. I, a lot of the uh, the criticisms, I like, like I understand not loving the um the the uh is, is it what's the planet called? You said or, I forget. Is it Dagobah or what is it? Canto Bite. Bite. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, I understand not liking like not loving the the Canto Bite stuff. I actually really enjoyed it this rewatch. I was I was I expected to dislike it, but I was like, well, this is really fun. Um, but the uh, yeah, that's the that's the most the, when people like argue about it with me, um, they always bring up that they ruined Luke's character, and I really don't understand it. Like I don't I I I have yet to have someone explain to me that that critique of it with making sense because I don't. Because they kind of, Luke is not, like, I, I've seen the originals a bunch, and Luke is not, like, they're like, Luke would never run away. Luke would never be a coward. He would never give up. What, why? Like, why, I don't, like, if if Luke Skywalker goes through what he went through in this, in, the, like, the, what we see in the flashbacks, that's naturally what he would do. Like, it's, and I, there's a really good quote from Ryan Johnson where he says that um, when he was writing the movie, he was trying to figure out why Luke would have done that. He said he would have had to think he was doing the right thing. So it's like I don't I don't understand why they think it's such a big betrayal of the character because I think also Ryan Johnson didn't decide to have Luke disappear that was something JJ did so I think one of the things I really love about this movie is that Ryan Johnson um, he got to do, I, I really admire how that he got, he did pretty much whatever he wanted with the movie that's very bold but he also I think he kind of takes everything that was set up in Force Awakens into the most in- interesting directions that it could have could have ever gone in and i, I think luke's storyline in this is, is really touching i think it's really beautiful and i think it's definitely one of the most compelling storylines in all of star wars yeah because like when i got to the end of this movie the first time in theaters i think the shock that happened was also like because everyone before the last shot came out expected luke to be in episode eight and episode nine mm-hmm. they expected uh mm-hmm. by the end of episode nine he we expected him to maybe die in nine but like we were going to have at least two movies of Luke Skywalker being a badass Jedi. So when he dies at the end of eight, it's shocking because it's like, holy shit, they did that. Um, and it just, the thing is, I think Luke's journey throughout the entirety of the last Jedi from beginning to end, I think it has the, it's the best character arc in all of star Wars. Um, I, I almost am hesitant to say that because I think Kylo's character arc was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, but Luke's character arc is just powerful because like it represents so much more than just Luke as a character. Like it, it does service to him as a character, but it also like his character arc represents star Wars as a franchise, like mm-hmm. evolving, learning, passing on. Like it, it's just, I can't stress that enough. Like this movie has so many beautiful themes about um, all that. And I think uh, one of my other favorite things about Luke's uh, character in this movie is how Ryan Johnson, like, deconstructs um the audience's view of what a hero is and should be mm-hmm. um not necessarily just luke but i think he does it with ray and poe um as well like there's many points mm-hmm. in this movie where for example if you want to go to poe real quick um poe's character arc in this movie is that he thinks he's doing the right thing at the beginning not listening to leia's orders like disobeying commands completely and he thinks he can save the day. And even though he did take down the Dreadnought at the beginning of the movie, he is still, at the end of the day, disobeying orders. And he got so many different pilots killed. He got all the bombers killed due to his actions. And while this is like celebrated in the original trilogy, like Han Solo disobeying orders, being a scoundrel, being like quippy and stuff, you know? In this movie, they like say, hey, you know, asshole, you just got a bunch of people killed. And you we could have done this 
cleaner and maybe not taking on the dreadnought, but we would have all our rebels um, like still intact. And you feel that like once you get to the rebel base and they're down to like under a hundred people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, uh, do you want to touch on that Fern? Like, uh, like Poe's arc in this movie? Yeah. I feel like a lot of, a lot of what, um, okay. I'll touch on Poe. Um, I do think, uh, Poe's arc is really good. Um, it definitely is, uh, showcases for me, at least a character who, um, kind of does mirror a lot of Han, obviously, um, when people, want to compare different characters from the trilogies but i definitely think that what ryan does in this movie is definitely different than what goes on in the original trilogies you know they try to bring his his ego down a notch in this one and show that you know even though it works sometimes it's not always the best plan or it doesn't always turn out the best um and i think in terms of the whole uh, saga star wars has always been a story of like of patterns patterns are like repeated in all the movies there's things that are similar um i mean you can see it in force awakens obviously maybe they followed maybe jj followed patterns too closely but in terms of like luke disappearing it's like it's happened you know like others other jedi have done that in the past yeah it's not like this new thing um there's a jedi that learns uh, there's a character who is, you know, the flyboy. Um, there's a character who's more headstrong and more trying to command things like Leia. Um, so I feel that a thing, a, a, a big thing that a lot of Star Wars fans um, dislike about The Last Jedi is how different it feels. It definitely is the most different from the sequels, um, even though I will say, like, you know, one thing that Star Wars fans uh, also say a lot is, you know, with The Force Awakens, it was too similar. Last Jedi was too different. But when you think about it, the most different Star Wars movies are the prequels. Like, if you want, the prequels are nutty. Like, the prequels are insane when you think, when you yeah. watch them. Like, what George Lucas tried to do with the prequels is completely different than, than what uh, he achieved with um, the original trilogy. Yeah, they're like unhinged Lucas movies. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're crazy, um, yeah. And, you know, those movies suffer from, from like, super potential, right? Like, I, I'm a big uh, prequel person. Um, and if you, like, look at them and they're like, oh, there's... It's, like, about, like, government, you know? It's, like, about, like, politics and, like... Yeah. Um, right? So the sequel trilogy does go back more to that mysticism and that, uh you know, the Force and that sort of things with sprinkles of politics here and there, but they don't get touched on too much. Um, and The Last Jedi, I think, definitely goes goes away and definitely you know the whole talk of expectations and like um changing expectations um i personally really love that um and i think we obviously see that with luke's character um so so yeah I don't know yeah if you and wanna... yeah and i think um poe as a uh, one of the other great things about his character arc in this movie is kind of the juxtaposition to what luke learns like Luke learns to pass on what he knows to younger generations, mm-hmm. but Poe learns to like, I don't want to say like respect his elders so much, but like, listen to people, like yeah. listen to older generations, not, yeah. um, not necessarily believe that he's always in the right, like that his mm-hmm. instinct and gut, like 
because when he first meets Haldo's character, who I love, by the way, Laura Dern kicks so much ass in this movie. Yeah. She's awesome. She's great. Um, I love that because it's like you start off and you actually you're like on post side when you watch this for the first time. You're mm-hmm. like, hell yeah, like take command. Like, yep. you know, you think he's on Leia's side. You think Leia would want him to do this. But I love when Leia wakes up. And she mm-hmm. shoots him, and it's like the biggest wake-up call to the audience. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this guy's in the wrong. Leia said he was in the wrong, and he is in the wrong. And I, I love that moment so much. And I love even more to- after like she like stuns him, and he and he has like that heart-to-heart with Leia, and Haldo makes her brave sacrifice, and he learns in that moment that everything she was doing was calculated for her to make that one sacrifice. Like he, she was trying to get all the rebels to escape in time. So she could be the last one line of defense to mm-hmm. be able to make that sacrifice play. Um, and it's insanely heroic. And I think it's one of the coolest star Wars moments of all time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, when she goes light speed, that's one of the, yeah, that's one of the coolest moments in it, the entire series. I tweeted it tonight. I had a little bit to drink, so I was kind of on Twitter. <laughs> but um, I was like, it's kind of crazy, like how the editing happens in that scene, like the way it goes between the lightsabers breaking apart yeah. to like literally like when the lightsaber breaks, and then even like a second later, it's um, the fleet going or the hyperspace going through the fleet. Mm-hmm. Like that editing choice is like the most insane thing in Star Wars yeah. I've ever seen. It's so and, good. And the choice to like cut the the audio too to have it oh be my silent. God. I, I remember that moment in the theater, like, so vividly. Yeah. Just being like, my jaw dropped. I was like, what just happened? That was, yeah. Yeah, it's it's so good. And I just think that's the cool thing about Poe's, like, character arc. And it's kind of, again, what I was thinking about the deconstruction of a hero. I'll get more into it also with Rey, because I think she also represents it. Mm-hmm. But I think just entirely, like, you knock down Luke from thinking that he's failed. And um, you show that a hero can feel like a failure like i feel like so often not only in star wars movies but in marvel movies dc movies you don't get so much the hero you get like moments where you know characters feel like they failed people you got a little bit of end game but like luke actually feels like he's defeated in last jedi um Mm -hmm. like beyond belief and poe you know listens to his elders and everything and i just think the entire message about like listening learning and realizing you're not always right is like a beautiful message for people to like understand mm-hmm. in this day and age. Like I, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I think I've also seen like some hate for Haldo's character in this movie. And I just don't understand it. Like I think everything that she represents as a character, but also what she teaches Poe um, and how that relates to his relationship with Leia is like beautiful. Like it's flawlessly mm-hmm. executed. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, did you have any ex- uh, specific things to talk about with Poe or? Um, with Poe, I think his character arc is really, really compelling, and I think, I think there's the kind of what you were saying about the uh, Last Jedi has a lot to say about what it means to be a hero, and I think you know his is his is kind of definitely the most about what that's about. But I, I like it definitely his character arc kind of really mirrors Luke's character arc, and then kind of it also I think the film really discusses find how to find, how to learn and grow from failure, and I think. It's kind of what you said about how the film is so dense. I think there's so much to like say, and, and the movie has so much to say. And I, I w- one thing I, I really was taken aback by the last because I watched the film last night before this podcast is how 
how w- wonderful Ryan Johnson's script is for this movie. This is one of the best written. This is probably the best written Star Wars movie in my. It's just such a. All the dialogue is so rich, and he does such a great job, kind of weaving the themes in, into that. And um, I just think it's. I yeah. Yes, Adam. I don't know. I didn't know how to end the thought, but there we go. <laughs> well, just um, stepping off from that. Um, there's another like interesting dynamic at play and I, I we already talked about Canto Bite a little bit but um Fernando mm-hmm. you mentioned that this movie is a little bit political at points and I think easily the most political aspect about this movie is the Canto Bite sequence mm-hmm. um it's uh, I think this is the most debated part other than Luke's character arc I think a lot yeah. of people I'd say even the people that like this movie don't like Canto Bite mm-hmm. which is interesting um how do you feel about Canto Bite yeah Canto Bite is definitely an interesting uh conversation because i i agree with you i think even people that really like star uh, last Jet, the last jedi if they had to pick something it usually goes back to canto bite right um right, yeah. even though i agree with joe that i think the script for last jedi is uh incredible um obviously a script versus um the final execution of it can vary um so canto bite if i'd pick a least favorite thing it would be my least favorite thing too but that being said, I do under I do love what Ryan Johnson is trying to say with this whole um, with the side story going on between uh, between Finn and Rose and um, uh, Benicio del Toro's character um, and BB-8. Um, I just I don't know. I love the again the execution is debatable. You know, with the I forgot the names, the aliens and the whole like stampede and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the filmmaking, though, too, is really, really nice. Um, there's obviously that beginning shot where he mimics a shot from, I forget the movie, but it's a uh, classic. Yeah, where the camera First like goes. Win best picture. <laughs> yeah, the camera like goes through all the casino players. Oh, um, yeah. All the casino yeah. people and the aliens, obviously, like like uh, the pre- the sequels do so well, like the character, the, the creature design, the costuming, all that stuff is um, incredible. But the best thing about it, I think, is definitely um, how Finn gets to learn. Um, and a lot of people also argue that Finn doesn't have a character arc like throughout the entire sequel trilogy, which I would mm-hmm. argue against, too. Um, but definitely in this movie, um, he learns a lot about himself, too, and about where his position in is, where his position is in this whole like world going on around him. Um, yeah. Rose also helps him do that, and like his, their interaction with uh, Benicio Del Toro's character. Uh, DJ yeah um mm-hmm. and yeah I just really I really like like the subtext of it uh the execution is you know debatable and I wouldn't argue anyone for saying it's messy um but yeah yeah I think that's a great point because um the thing about like when it comes to like his relationship with DJ specifically mm-hmm. I think or I even like DJ and Rose like together like Rose kind of represents this like optimistic like love yeah. like this like her sister just died yeah for like a lot what many consider to be a lost cause mm-hmm. in their like failing rebellion at this point and uh and dj on the other hand ben is telling him like don't like what's the point of any of this like the, i think one of the best things of this movie is like when uh they steal the ship and then he's talking to dj and he says and he shows to finn that um the people that manufacture all the weapons and the ships and everything, they sell to both the first order mm-hmm. and the rebels. Yeah. Like the people profit off this war. Like the people on Canto bite, they don't care 
about the war. They just profit off of their deaths. And it makes Finn really question, like, do I want to get into this fight if I'm just going to be another body count? Like, am I just going to be another guy for like these rich assholes that i just escaped to profit yeah. off of so they can continue to live high it's like abuse the, animals and children yeah yeah it's the devil and the you can say it's like the devil and the angel on the shoulders mm-hmm. yeah basically kind right <laughs> yeah that's that's actually kind of perfect um and it's like and but the thing is though like that's a good point but also at the same time dj is not like entirely wrong yeah um i wouldn't say he's right either but it's like he's not wrong like his I think his morals are a little iffy, but at the end of the day, like every, the point he's trying to make is correct, like objectively. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's true to real life. Like people, like people just have their hands in the pockets of war mm-hmm. and politicians and billionaires profit off the war. And I think that's one of the most bold things, the most, one yeah. of the wackiest things for Ryan Johnson in this movie was kind of, um, allude to the real life situation of war like i never thought a star wars movie would touch on that but it, this one did and it's kind of brilliant that's what i think mm-hmm. is really underrated about canto bite is that it's a, it's like i think the political aspirations for this movie are deeply underrated um, yeah although uh, i argue that all of star wars is pretty political i agree but like, like i didn't i never thought this movie or a star wars movie would like dive into this specific yeah. area of it. i guess like, it depends it depends on how hard like you look at it because if you yeah. look hard enough at any star wars property you'll find political uh connotations and things that it's bringing up i think yeah. this one is just like a lot closer to the surface so you're it like stands out a lot more but if you look at anything in the original trilogy um or the prequels that as like a big focus of it is uh you know the republic and everything um, yeah there are messages there still but i i, yeah. I do agree well, yeah, I mean, I mean, the original trailers were definitely like uh, authoritarianism mm-hmm. and like um, Leia being an activist, and yep. it came out in the late '70s, early '80s, so that was definitely no coincidence uh, mm-hmm. for the times. And then um, even uh, the prequels, obviously with Palpatine and everything, and like uh, political corruption. corruption. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I just never expected to. See, I mean, it's literally in the uh, name Star Wars. I never yep. thought. A Star Wars movie would be about war profiteering, mm-hmm. you know. Like that's even that's even like that's very that's a messy debate. Like I don't think political corruption is a messy debate or like um, rebels and like stuff like that. But like political or like war profiteering is a very tricky discussion to have. And how you even weave it organically into a Star Wars story, I that it's just like I'm like applauding Brian Johnson mm-hmm. for even tackling it in the first place. Like whether or not the execution works, which I think it does. But whether or not it does or does not, I applaud him for even getting it in a Disney movie in the first place, you mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. it's it's really impressive. Um, yeah. Joe, did you have any other opinions on Canto Bite or even Ben's it's, character? It's funny because uh, it's you said exactly what I was going to say about it. Uh, the uh, the um because for a while I would like kind of concede, I'd be like, yeah, the Canto Bite stuff isn't the strongest. But watching last night, I was like, wow, this is all really compelling. And I think what he has to to say with um DJ's character, I love DJ. I know DJ's character kind of gets shit on a little bit but i loved finito del toro's character i thought i mean all the, the dialogue between him and finn is great and even like their last exchange when he's like uh when he, he uh he's like i cut a deal and then uh finn goes you're wrong and then he just kind of his dj pauses and goes maybe and walks away like i just think yeah. the every interaction with dj uh, i really really loved and it's kind of a nice he's he's very he's he, I, I love his presence in the film and i think the canto bite stuff is uh 
I, I kind of agree with what Fern, Fernando said, though, where it's like, if I were to say something was weak in the film, I'd probably say the cancel part stuff, even though it all works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's I, the reason that this has never really ever bothered me is because I think it sets up uh, kind of to jump ahead a little bit. It sets up the kid at the the the, um, the boy at the end. Yeah, and I think that, right, that yeah. ending shot is so I cried when I saw that. In theaters. I thought that was so great. Um, and I, so I'm like, if if I needed the weird Canto Bite stuff, I don't care because I got this moment. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the cool thing about it. Like, and I think that's, I think uh, not to go back to it, but like what DJ is saying about like, it doesn't matter what side you're on because you're going to mm-hmm. lose either way. Like one day you win, one day you lose, one day they win, one day they lose. Yeah. Um, but like, I think the ending with Broom Kid or like uh, Rose giving him the ring that inspires him and then like seeing that loop did what he did inspires him too. Like, I think there's something about that specifically where it's like that moment shows that while all sides are to blame and all sides lead to like political corruption and war profiteering, there is always a right side of history. There's always a side that you, while maybe imperfect, you can lean towards Mm -hmm. to um, at least get good out of. And I think, um, when Rose gives him that ring and like helps the father's ex- escape, um, they it shows the kid that like it gives the kid hope, which is like it harkens back to of course a new hope, where it's like when if you can light a spark of hope within a young boy, um, and just by one act of kindness and rebellion, then it's all worth it. And DJ's point is ultimately wrong by that ultimate thing because when he asks like is it worth it to like go through this war? when you see the broom kid and his oppression and him finding hope within the rebellion doing what they do, then I think the answer to that is ultimately yes. Even though it's a tricky, complicated yes, it's still a yes at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's beautiful. Like, I, I genuinely, this is, I mean, I know we say this the entire pod, but I genuinely don't get the hate for this. Like, yeah, I don't I think, it. I think a big part of it is exactly what you just brought up, that it's like a, like a kind of messy, tricky yes, because... I think a lot of what a lot of Star Wars fans might just look at the movies in a very black and white way. And The Last Jedi is definitely a lot more gray in its uh, presentation of the themes. Um, right. Because growing up, you know, you watch you watch Luke and you watch him, you know, defeat uh, like like overcome all these odds um, and do all these heroic things. It kind of just seems like black and white to you, you know, as like, oh, yeah, yeah. These, it's like good versus evil when in reality it's a lot more than that um because even people on the good side things aren't always might not always be as they seem and people on the bad side you know might have changes of heart or might do things um for their own volition that might end up hurting their same team yeah Um, totally yeah so i think and that's what i love about star wars is that the way I've, i've decided to look at it now is a lot more a lot more layered and definitely more more challenging than just very black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, and The Last Jedi, I think, is the best example of that, um, for sure. Well, isn't that the kind of the beautiful thing is that, like, you can watch it as a kid. And I think this is why, like, it spans generations. Like, yeah. it's a generational series. It's like, you can watch it as a kid and just appreciate it. I mean, that's kind of what you said, why you loved Attack of the Clones when you mm-hmm. were a kid. Because, like, you can watch it, like, as just Jedi's fighting Sith. You can watch it yeah. on that, like, service level thing. But when you grow up and you dive back into it, it's not like some things you watch 15 years later where you're like, oh, this isn't good. 
like when you watch this years later when you're like a almost an adult or a teenager you're like oh wait these are great movies like Mm -hmm. you find these are like some of the rare films that you revisit from your childhood that you find themes in great films within um and that's kind of the beautiful thing about it and i I think almost uh i was having this discussion like around the time the last jedi came out and also kind of when the rise of skywalker came out where i'm like i think the immediate reaction to every Star Wars movie is met with so much like passion in either regard. Mm-hmm. And I think The Last Jedi eventually will be regarded pretty highly. Um, same, I, I think the sequel trilogy as a whole is going to have the same kind of like revamp or like a resurgence of love that the prequels have in these past mm-hmm. few years. Um, because they're going to have something else to hate in 10 years. <laughs> and they're going to be like, oh man, the sequel trilogy was so good. Why can't we have that back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's funny. Um, and just to kind of um, go to the last little bit of this uh, Last Jedi section, um, I think we have to like kind of close out with Rey and Kylo mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. their entire arcs and journeys. Um, I'll start off real quick. I think I was really watching these scenes particularly close tonight because I just, I think they're the best scenes in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the one thing that I love about Ray's character arc, but also how she um, opposes Kylo is I, I told my girlfriend this, actually, I said, I think Ray struggles more with the fact that Kylo um, betrayed a loving family. than she has struggles with believing that he's a bad guy. Like mm-hmm. that's a bigger issue for her. Cause like that yeah. scene where she's like confronting Kylo, where she's like, you had a father who gave a damn about you yeah. and you killed Which him. She didn't have anyone, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I almost feel like she's more angry at him, not for like being a bad guy, but like yeah. she's angry at him for like having everything she's always wanted. And she has fought her entire life to not be bad. She has mm-hmm. ultimately, since day one, been pure good. Not pure good, but like she's been ultimately good. She's fought every dark instinct she's had. Mm-hmm. And she sees this guy who has everything she's ever wanted, and yet he so easily let it corrupt him. And that angers her so deeply in this movie. And I think, I've said this so many times, but I think her character work in this movie is beautiful. Um, Even if The Rise of Skywalker comes back and says, actually, she's a descendant of Palpatine, I think I still love that she had to go through the journey of self-reflection in this movie and acceptance to get to that point in episode nine, she already had to accept herself before she could accept herself as Ray Palpatine, you know? Um, so it's, it's really great. Um, Joe, do you want to talk about Ray a little bit or? Um, well, yeah, uh, this is definitely my favorite part of the movie. Like, like uh, every, I think even the people who don't like this movie can't say that the Ray and Kylo stuff is bad. Cause it's the, the, uh, the Ray's, I think the Ray, the, the Ray's like arc and all of her stuff, I think is so compelling. And my, by far and above, my favorite aspect of this film is the is the scene where where Kylo tells her that she that her parents gave her away for nothing that they weren't anybody special. I think that's such a like a powerful and compelling moment in the film, and it, it broke my heart when they kind of went back on it in, in Rise of Skywalker. I'm kind of really, really not okay that they did that because I that, I thought that was so compelling because it's it's the, the Ryan Johnson again has this really wonderful quote where he's talking about in the Empire Strikes Back the reason that the Luke, I am your father thing is so compelling is because that's the worst thing that he could hear in that moment because he couldn't just hate Darth Vader. It made things more complicated. And in that scene, when she learns that her parents were nobody and that um, 
she is not she's from nothing essentially it was the worst thing she could hear because the finding out that she was descendant from somebody is the best thing she could have heard because that would have been the most comforting but learning that she really doesn't have a place a, a concrete place in this universe and she has to find it on her own was the most scary and the worst thing she could hear in that moment and i think it's such a just the idea that and i mean also it kind of that i think is is very compelling because it's a really it's a really it puts her through so much but it's also kind of it leads into this idea that ryan johnson was getting at where it's kind of anybody could kind of tap into the force it's kind of everybody is force sensitive and i mean it's i mean on a very very basic story level standpoint it kind of taps into this idea that greatness can come from anywhere and anybody can be a hero if you're kind of right at heart and i thought that was such a compelling such a and genuinely touching and i mean beautiful i know we've said beautiful about 800 times this podcast (laughs) episode but i think it's that was such a a unique and interesting thing to do in a star wars movie and i immediately was like i I think i i I think i teared up in that scene uh the first time i saw it i I teared up last night i just think it's so great and i think all the stuff between her and kylo is so compelling and i mean kind of the I think Ryan Johnson's dialogue for Kylo in this scene is so excellent. Like, I wish he would work with Adam Driver again because he just writes such good dialogue mm. for him. And I, I think, you know, it's... um And watching it again, actually, because I, I knowing what happens in Rise of Skywalker, I think... I actually don't think that they're set up to be a romance. I, I know a lot of people on the internet really wanted that, but I really don't didn't see much of any of that in the second this time around. Um, and it's funny because I know uh, in Colin Trevorrow's version, she was supposed to end up with Poe, right? Yeah. I think at the end they meet for the first time in this movie, which you because I mean you, you right you assume that they know each other, but they meet for the first time in this movie and they have a really cute hi. So I I I I I I I have come kind of come around. A li- the first time I saw Rise of Skywalker, I was very uh, negative towards it, and on the pod, live on pod, Adam and uh, friend of the pod Lawson were able to kind of talk me towards it more. But I I still think the uh, I really really don't like what they did with Ray's character in the sense of giving her a lineage. I, because I, 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 that was definitely like whenever anybody like the the people who who don't like this movie ask me why I like it, I immediately say this, and I'm very, they're, they're, I'm very very passionate about that part of the story. Well, we'll go more into like Rise of Skywalker towards the end of the pod, but um, mm-hmm. Fernando, do you want to tell us like what you like everything you think about Ray's like entire arc in this movie and everything she goes through? Yeah, I think you guys like pretty much nailed it um in terms of like you know everything that ryan does so well in terms of setting up these two characters that you know we eventually learn are a dyad in the force um and how well they work together in this like very strange chaotic way um that ends up being like completely different in the end but um (laughs) but no i love race race character like you guys have said it's 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 great um you know, she, even, like, her training stuff with Luke, I think, is all great. And I think another big um, big thing in this film that gets negative, and this is very, very subjective. I mean, like, everything is. But um, in terms of, like, the comedy stuff, and a lot of the comedy stuff is kind of, like, um, kind of seen. Some people are being like, oh, it's, like, not Star Wars comedy, which I don't know what that means. Um, it made me laugh, so I, I guess, you know, it's Star Wars comedy for me. Um but, but yeah, you guys touched on everything, I guess. Um, I will say this. Um, two things. First thing is the throne room scene is still A-plus to me. I love yeah. it. I, yeah. I remember that scene. Um, I mean, this movie has so many like individual moments that stand out, um, and that scene is definitely one 
Um, I don't care that people have like analyzed every frame and like realized oh that it's so annoying when people yeah, do like, that. <laughs> like, sure, okay, but when I watch it in like regular speed, I don't. I didn't notice <laughs> that the first five times, so it doesn't really affect me, right? And isn't it funny when people do that, but yet they don't do it for the original trilogy, where like these set extras are like acting like idiots. Oh, it yeah. happens. It happens in every movie, like in, in every Star Wars. And movie. I mean, not to not to harp on the critiques, but like I get critiques about how like the gravity doesn't make sense in the movie and how like that doesn't make like the gas logic doesn't make sense i'm like who gives a fuck like who cares it's a star wars movie i'm not thinking <laughs> yeah. about gas how much gas would cost and i'm not thinking about the gravity of this like, i don't i'm thinking about yeah. the physics like it's star wars star, star wars, wars is a fantasy movie so things don't have to make sense right um yeah i mean i mean some people already disproved the science and the math of like, yeah. star wars, star wars is, years is ago yeah. like someone said like just like um how much it would cost to like actually like run a star destroyer for mm-hmm. one day would be like 20 trillion dollars yeah. and i'm mm-hmm. like exactly like that's the entire thing like none of it makes financial sense but like we don't go there for realism yeah like yeah, i don't fine. care about the stock market of the of of, of star <laughs> yeah, wars yeah. you know yeah. and that that could be a completely different thing in, in terms of i've always had this this like uh conversation with people i love asking people if they think star wars is a sci-fi movie or a fantasy movie um, and obviously so many like I mean it's labeled as sci-fi because it's like ships and like you know space yeah. but in reality you can argue it's sci-fi I always see Star Wars as fantasy um, but the other point I was going to make about the Kylo Ray um, interaction in that scene is one of the biggest things that like grinds my gears or like that I don't understand is this whole thing of people saying like the like a big theme of the last Jedi is letting the past die. Yeah. It's not. It's not <laughs> one of the biggest themes, right? Um, it's like a lot of people held on to that because Kylo obviously says it, and mm-hmm. um, it like mirrored what happens with Luke, and people were like, oh, you know, we gotta let the past die because you know uh, Luke's not who we wanted it to be. And like you have to understand that like Kylo's saying that as the villain in the situation, right? And you have to look at Ray's response to that which is no she didn't let the past die you know she didn't take his hand and she kept moving forward to where the past was going towards right luke Mm -hmm. ended up sacrificing himself um so she didn't know and that's i always like kind of get slightly annoyed with that i try to like show people the way i see it um and you know they can come up to they can make whatever opinion they want to but I definitely don't think the letting the past die thing is like a big like message in this movie at all. I think it's yeah, like I, a red hair that Ryan's mm-hmm. doing there. Yeah, and it's like you're exactly right about that because it, it's kind of perfect the way you say it. like he is the villain. The yeah. villain's philosophy of the movie is not necessarily right. Um, yeah. Not that the, like villains in movies can't have like compelling points, but like. Mm-hmm. It's he's proven time and time again in this movie that Ky- Kylo has proven that like his way of thinking is flawed. Like mm-hmm. everything, every turner that he corn, like every turn that he I'm sorry. That was really bad. Um, <laughs> every corner that he turns, he <laughs> he's proven wrong. <laughs> I'm getting that tattooed on the name. <laughs> my favorite podcast moment <laughs> um, almost better than Andy Venus <laughs> um, but yeah like Aww. I think 
I think that Ray. Um, God damn it, Joe. Um, I. am <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to derail. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think it's. I think she's perfect in this movie. Like I think, um, it's all really good. And I think if we want to talk about like I said earlier that there's like at least a top five list of sequences in this movie, and Throne Room is definitely in them. But another mm-hmm. great one is uh the balance in the force sequence where she's uh meditating on the on the edge of the cliff with luke Mm -hmm. and i think that scene is the most beautiful uh depiction of what the force is Mm -hmm. and all of star wars like uh when it's like uh life death decay darkness light but all of it is within you and i think that's in like in luke's response to that is like he's slowly learning too in that moment he's like light and dark is what the Jedi should be. It shouldn't be light or dark. It should be light and dark. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. Like, I think that's the entire theme of this movie is that like balance is essential, uh, letting go of the past, but not burning it. I think mm-hmm. it's, I think that's the entire thing. Like Yoda. Well, they just do burn. Like, the, they literally burn the temple. Well, they burn the temple, but they take the books out of them. So, I'm just like, in your gears. Okay. Well, they, I also think it's kind of funny how at the end, uh, <laughs> Luke's books are at the end uh, on the Falcon yeah. because Luke thinks they burned, but Yoda just tricked him into thinking that mm-hmm. just to get him to learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's beautiful. Like just the passing of the torch and everything. Um, and just kind of like step off from Ray and go directly into Kylo. Um, I think I, I read this or I heard this or something. I'm not even completely sure where I read or heard it, but I, whenever I did it completely stuck with me because I cannot view the movie differently now um if ray mirrors anakin um she is like the opposite of anakin she has every reason to she has like the same exact almost start as anakin does like she comes from nothing a desert planet mm-hmm. and she has every reason to be corrupted by evil and turn evil um but she doesn't that's where her and anakin differ she yeah. doesn't go to vader's path um you know uh, and anakin obviously does um, and I think the way to step up for that with Kylo is like Kylo has every reason to be good, but he isn't. Mm-hmm. He has every, and this goes again to like the deconstruction of a hero, um, also the deconstruction of a villain. Like everyone thinks that like a hero has to have like a hero's journey, like a typical one. Like you come yeah. from royalty, you have like a radioactive spider bite you. Like you have to have some like life changing event. But Ray's entire thing is like she doesn't know about her past. And like that, the past is usually a defining moment for a character. But Ryan Johnson tells you that like her future is her defining trait. It's not mm-hmm. what came before, but what goes ahead. And um, it's funny because like Kylo is like he has um, the best parents in all of Star Wars. Like Han Solo and Leia Organa mm-hmm. are like the most iconic, two of the most iconic characters of all Star Wars. He has Uncle Luke Skywalker. Uh, he has the entire rebellion behind him, right? And he mm. has every reason to be one of the most badass Jedi's in all of history, and yet he abandons it. Um, he's corrupt by insecurities and evil. And I've always argued that Kylo is one of the best Star Wars villains of all time, Ooh, because yeah. he, so. I mean, Palpatine explained, or it's mostly explained in Revenge of the Sith, how susceptible the dark side is, or people are to the dark side if they are like insecure, weak, and angry. Mm. And Kylo is all those things out of ten, like. Yeah. And that's what makes him such a great and interesting villain is that he is so unhinged and he has no one 
controlling him. He is given all this power. And I think it's so interesting to deal with that. It's like everything the dark side seeks and wants to like manipulate, he has. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes him so compelling. Um, do you want to get into that, Fern? You know, yeah, I agree. I think um, everything you said is is like so accurate. You know, like he, look at his parents, look at his his uncle, like every, like all the resources he has behind him. Um, he gets to train with like Luke Skywalker. Like how can you not turn out to be another like great Jedi and like progress uh, like the philosophy forward? Um, and it's just because, of so many things and a big thing is like expectations you know like that's a lot to put on someone you know yeah like you have to like constantly compare yourself to luke skywalker to like han solo to leia he's also named after uh, yeah obi-wan kenobi so you're named after obi-wan that's perfect Um, yeah so expectations like and you know do like are a big big like a lot of people think like expectations are usually a good thing. In reality, a lot of the time, like they're not really. Um, potential is also very dangerous. Um, and obviously, I guess we can like transition this um, into Rise of Skywalker. Um, like you said, Palpatine like saw this, and like this is like a super easy target um, when you think about it. And he was able to get to him. Um, and I think Kylo is definitely. He might be, yeah. I think I think he's my favorite Star Wars villain. Um, mm-hmm. I've at least made the argument that he's better than Vader, and I, I love Darth Vader, but like yeah. I think he's more compelling than Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, although I would say that the extended universe has done really good with Vader. Like oh, they've yeah. given him some. I don't know if you ever read the Vader comics, but they're pretty great. Um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Well, I'm not a fucking nerd, so I haven't read those. <laughs> but I, um, it, it's it's perfect what you're saying. I like the way you transitioned to Rise of Skywalker because I think um, with Kylo uh, or Ben, whatever you want to call him, like his entire thing is that like, or her race thing with him is like, she wants so badly in the last Jedi to label him as a monster. Like that scene where mm-hmm. she's like saying, you're a murderous snake. Mm-hmm. You're a monster. He's like, yeah, just keep calling me that. And she wants nothing more than to look on the surface and hate him, much like how Luke wanted to look at Vader, right? Mm-hmm. But she has to come to the harsh truth. Like, she has many times in the movie, but she wants to just believe that he's pure evil, but she has to learn that he's not. Like, all the reasons why he's not, um, how complicated he is, and by the time you get to the throne room, that big, and by the time he ultimately tries to become supreme leader, it's heartbreaking mm-hmm. because she has him there, and he's so close to being good, but he turns his back on it. And I'm not trying to negate uh, transition to Rise of Skywalker. I just want to build up to saying that I think one of the key things I liked about Rise of Skywalker in relation, and I, a lot of people say that the Rise of Skywalker retcons Lost Jedi. And I think there's undeniable factors where it does, but I think there are some cool things in there that almost support the Last Jedi um, where uh, like one scene in particular when Ray heals the uh, monster thing mm-hmm. in the cave, um, it's almost like she, it's that's almost like part of her progression as a character. In the Last Jedi, she or for the majority of the Last Jedi, she thought Kylo was a monster. But you're when she gets to heal the monster, you learn that she has a kind of a better understanding of not looking the at big things. Snake she yeah, like the big snake thing that she heals, and she's like. 
she's no longer looking at things on their surface. She's seeing that this thing is hurt and damaged, mm-hmm. like Kylo is. Yeah. And I think if you, if Rey came across that creature in The Last Jedi, she would try to fight it, right? Yeah, yeah. But because of what she learned about Kylo, I think she, in that moment, decided, and everything she learned from Luke, too, and the philosophy she learned as a Jedi with her training with Leia, was that I have to look at things. I have to be a Jedi. I have to, like, use the Jedi philosophies of understanding mm-hmm. and having compassion. And the moment where she heals the monster is also, like, another step forward of maybe forgiving Kylo for what he's done. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful. Like, I think her character arc in this entire franchise is beautiful. Um, even though I kind of do agree with Joe and what he's saying, and I wish she was still Ray Nobody, I still think, even with the Palpatine stuff intact, she's still a rich character. Um, do you want to kind of uh, talk about it, Fernando? Like, uh, how, because you say, you're one of the few people that I know that says um, this movie doesn't, like, lessen the impact of The Last Jedi. Um, do you kind of want to get into that and like explain like your reasoning yeah, uh, sure. behind it? I feel like this could be like a, its own like podcast for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm one of, I feel like I definitely am in the minority where I'm in the minority of people that love the last Jedi, but I also mm-hmm. really like rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah. I haven't seen it in a minute, to be honest. Um, I only saw it uh, three, three, two times when they came out. Um, I definitely haven't seen it as many times as I saw um, Last Jedi, just because of personal reasons, um, I wasn't able to see it. Um, but from the times I saw it, um, I don't like. Again, this is this goes back to what I said earlier, where I watch Star Wars work with a completely different pair of glasses on, and I watch other movies. I get the the complaints and like the filmmaking problems Rise of Skywalker has. Um, to me, it's just ne- the way I choose to watch it is you can watch the movies as like their own individual things and see what each director wanted to do. But ultimately I choose to watch them as like a complete through line. Um, So I get what you guys are saying and I do not like, I cannot like say anything against you guys being upset or wanting Ray to be nobody. For me at least, um, the fact that they made her be a Palpatine um, it works for me, and I don't know if it would have given me the same satisfaction if uh, they would have done Ray Nobody. Like, I don't know. I can't say because that's not what happened. But it makes sense thematically for me. Um, and in terms of what was your question again? What was it that? I guess just in general, like how you felt it, because I mean, I know you're one of the only, oh. maybe the only person I know that. Um, loves The Last Jedi and you love Rise of Skywalker. So I was just kind of like curious um, to just hear your reasons like why. And I know, I know that's a big, big question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like um, just in general, I guess like, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a per- perfectly summed up. I mean, it's I, I like the, or, uh, the Rise of Skywalker. I don't I think you love it or you really like it like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like it. I enjoy it. I think it's a flawed movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like have the same feelings I have for uh, that as I do like um, I don't know like solo like yeah. I I think they're both like fun movies and they're both like fine I, I think I have more strong feelings obviously for Rise of Skywalker it's yeah. just um, as far as the whole Palpatine thing goes I don't I just think it's kind of what Joe said like it's such a the Reno body thing is so powerful to me mm-hmm. and um, I'm not like one of those 
guys that's like, oh, you got to burn down the past. It's not that. It's just so much like I think that message is so beautiful that and I think it's also the fact that like Palpatine came in so last minute in this movie. Um, like yeah. he there was no hints of Palpatine returning in either of the last two movies where well, I was just kind of. So, OK, oh. so this is something that like this and this is the way I choose to like look at it. So no one has to agree with me on this or anyway, but. 100% I agree with you that if you watch Force Awakens and then you watch Last Jedi, you're like, Palpatine is nowhere here. But then when I saw Rise of Skywalker, they put Palpatine in the other movies in Rise of Skywalker, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, and I, you're objectively not wrong. Like, that's yeah. the entire thing. Like, you're right yeah. about that. <laughs> like, so, I can't deny that. I guess it's one of those things where, if like, there's different movies where, like, you don't, like, re- information is revealed, like, all the way at at the end of the movie and then it like changes the way like the beginning of the movie is and i think for this it's just like the fact that it's split up into three different movies um mm-hmm. is kind of the way i look at it where it's like okay like you put all these movies together the information about palpatine pretty much being snoke is just revealed at the very end you know towards the end um but i completely agree like understand if people like don't like it or think it was like a very rushed decision or like you know shoehorned in. i get that too yeah, I mean, or I mean, uh, Joe, do you want to maybe, because I know, have you ever seen the movie again since theaters? I've seen the movie twice. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to tell me if your opinion changed at all? Because I know you were like on Suicide Watch that night. <laughs> like, <it> was, <laughs> um, I, I kind of feel, I think it's funny because I mean, the whole thing with Star Wars is like a repeat. And I th- think the, the sequel trilogy kind of very much mir- mirrors the original. Like the first one's really good. The second one is great. And then the third one is fine. And I think this movie, I think The Rise of Skywalker is fine. I think there's a lot of stuff that I like in The Rise of Skywalker. Um, I think, but there's, and there's a lot of stuff that really doesn't work for me. But I think overall it's fine. Um, it doesn't, I, if my biggest problem with the film now is the Ray stuff. And I also don't think it, like, the, 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 the Palpatine being in it doesn't bother me. Like, I think that, I mean, like, I, I'm just kind of like when they're like, oh, he's Snoke. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. I I know the the Snoke thing was pretty controversial, and I know I mean Ryan Johnson kind of just said fuck you to Snoke, and I mean so they kind of had to do something because he's such a big presence in both movies. And him being Palpatine, I'm fine with. Uh, I, I kind of agree with what Fernando said, where he's kind of he they kind of do put him in them. Uh, they kind of get away with getting him in there, uh, so I don't mind him being in it. I don't like that Ray is like that or whatever. Um, but I, I think the Rise of Skywalker is fine. I think it's it's fun. I think it's uh it's a nice goodbye. Um, and I think I you know I I I I think it's like a solid like seven out of ten movie. I don't I don't think I don't love it. I'm not I don't think I'm gonna buy it on Blu-ray. Any I wouldn't give it a buy it on Blu-ray. <laughs> but it's um, funny how I talk. I this was like our exact conversation back in December, and I was like. Hmm. You are like fuck this movie, and I'm like, hmm. hey, calm down. It's not that bad. Uh, I I kind of agree with Joe. I mean, I think the best things in Rise of Skywalker are the parts that don't affect the larger canon, mm. like just the simpler character moments. Like my favorite entire bit of Rise of Skywalker is um, the whole opening with Poe and Finn on the Falcon and Chewie. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, like I, I can just watch that scene on a loop. Like it's just so much fun. Like light, sk- light speed skipping is so much fun. Um, I, I like a lot of the other stuff. Like uh, Lando's really fun in it. Um, the action's cool. It's, I think it's a good movie overall. And I do admire that JJ was at least trying to do a nine saga arc, like you're saying, Fernando. Mm-hmm. I just, it's, 
the thing, and it's also like what Joe is saying, like, I don't mind Palpatine being in it. Like, that's not my issue. I actually kind of got excited when I saw that Palpatine was in it because I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was hoping they would maybe dive more into the whole Plagueis aspect of it, like him cheating yeah, that's death. What I want. I, that's what I would have liked to have seen as well. I mean, because, I mean, the, the tragedy of Dark Plagueis is such a rich meme as well, so that would have just been nice to get more yeah. from it. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, well, I think... Sorry. Um, oh, no, I was go ahead. Say, I think that um, the whole Darth Plagueis thing, it's like, it is such a big meme in, like, with the Star Wars <laughs> community. And I remember... I remember so many people wanted Snoke to be Plagueis, right? Um, yeah, me too. Because it just like it just like makes made sense. Like look at this, like the the design of him, like it, it kind of looks similar, and they could change it because technically Plagueis, um, his design isn't canon, just like his name. Um, so, but then like after like Rise of Skywalker ended, and I was like you know thinking about a lot of different things Star Wars related, I was like, man, Darth if they put Darth Plagueis in here, like, that would have been kind of crazy, like, <laughs> in terms of, like, I don't know, like, I just, I don't, I think it would have been very, like, kind of jarring in a sense, because it's just, I, like, a name we hear once, yeah. and then for, like, I don't know, like, the execution would have had to have been, like, very well done, so I think it, kind of, it might have been, like, riskier than just bringing back, bringing back Palpatine. I almost, um, do you remember back when the Forge Awakens was coming out that, like, there was a fake art book leak that, yeah, like, yeah. described, uh, it gave, like, it was, um, because the character reveal of Snoke did not happen until you saw the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had the art book cover, or their art book animation was, like, the exact same animation as, uh, Plagueis in the books. And everyone was like, holy shit, it's Plagueis. Like, yep. and I was like, I got so excited. And I remember I didn't get, I saw, when I saw before a few uh, a few days before it came out, when I saw what Snoke really looked like, I'm like, oh shit, it's not him. Mm. Like I got really disappointed. Um, I, I think that's a fair point though, Fernando. I think um, it probably would have been really jarring, and I I don't know if and I like J.J. Abrams, but I don't know if he was maybe the guy to do a Plagueis storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't say that because of Rise of Skywalker. I say that with how he finished Lost. Um, mm-hmm. I I just think in general he I think he's a brilliant storyteller and a way. I think he starts stories brilliantly, like the whole mystery box thing. But I think mm. at the same time, he undoubtedly has a little bit of trouble closing out stories. Um, and it's interesting. I think Rise of Skywalker is a flawed movie, but ultimately it's fun. It's zippy. And I don't necessarily think that it ruins canon as much. I'm kind of like in the middle of all the discourse. I don't think it ruins Star Wars, and I don't think it ruins Last Jedi. But at the same time, there are like certain things I do take issue with. Like I feel like everyone's either like an extreme end on either side of this, and I'm just kind of in the middle of it. Um, so that's how I feel. I mean, do you guys have any final thoughts on the Skywalker before we? Um, I, yeah, I think um, I, 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 yeah, I definitely think that JJ kind of has trouble ending things, and I think he does like the bad. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, unfortunately, I think the uh, the Rise of Skywalker is like the best. It- probably could have been just with what i mean because i know we like the, we like the last jedi but they i mean they kind of were dealt such a large backlash from the last jedi that they kind of had to play it safe and i mean so i guess in a lot of ways this is the best version we could have gotten um i would have liked to see uh see Darth Plagueis in the movie just because i think 
the last jedi is such a like a, when you think about kind of what star wars means to people and what star wars is like culturally the fact that we got the last jedi is so surprising like the fact that they let him do whatever he wanted with the movie and i know a lot has been made about how they didn't have a clear-cut plan when they were going into it but the fact that they let him run with it and they let him really do whatever he wanted i think is, is really admirable and i know we kind of I, i'm not I, I know on the podcast before i kind of shit on disney and i, I kind of been very critical of their business model and stuff but the fact that they they let a movie like the last jedi come out and be their tentpole and be the Star Wars movie is, I think, remarkable. So, I mean, even though the, the Rise of Skywalker isn't isn't amazing and isn't the the finale that I was, I guess, hoping for, I think it's 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 the best we could have gotten. And I mean, we still do have the Last Jedi, and I can I can still watch the Last Jedi whenever I want. So it's you know it's I, I would I would have liked to have seen Darth Plagueis, and I would have liked I guess I mean in the Contrabar write up, there's a lot of stuff I, I haven't read all of it, but I, there's a lot of stuff that I did like from it. Um, and I, I don't, I, well, that movie doesn't exist, so I don't know if I would prefer it or not, but I guess it's, it's the rise of Skywalker. It's that'll do pig, you know, it's like, I'll take it. You know? <laughs> this is what we'll get. I'll take it. You know? And I, I think with Darth Plagueis, ultimately it's ironic that, you know, he could save others from death, but not himself. So that's all I have to say about that. Um, Fernando, any like final thoughts on like, I guess, rise of Skywalker or even just like, uh, how it relates to last Jedi, like anything else you want to say before we close up? <sighs> Oof. I mean, there's a lot I could say. Um, uh, like I said, if you ever, if you guys ever want to do a, a podcast about, like, I guess, Rise of Skywalker and how it fits into the universe, and maybe hearing the side of someone that, like, has, like, this weird, very weird, like, personal way that I connect everything, then I'd be more than happy to come and talk about it. Um, but for me, the way I stand right now, I think Last Jedi... Um, that's one of the best Star Wars movies. Definitely one of my favorites. Um, I still flip flop between, you know, A New Hope, Empire, and Last Jedi. That's what's like the best Star Wars movie. Um, I love them. Like, I love all of them for different reasons. Um, but The Last Jedi is definitely one of the best complete Star Wars movies for me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. I think, I mean, I've already kind of said everything I think about Rise of Skywalker. And I, I think... Last Jedi ultimately is probably my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's like the best made, and I think I, I most visually stimulate most, most visually like visually the best Star Wars movie. Is, like, but I think the cinematography is excellent. Like, yes, oh, it, it, it's gorgeous. Um, and I, I think I'll pose one last question to you guys. Um, okay. Maybe specifically to you, Fern, because I know you you probably think about this more than Joe does. I want to ask you where do you think the future of Star Wars is like. Where do you see it going from here? That's actually all I think about, Adam. So <laughs> I actually have not thought about it at all. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting. I mean, the door is wide open now. Um, and I know um, the only, like, sort of hints we have, obviously we have Mandalorian that came out, um, wrapped up after, right? Did it wrap up after Rise of Skywalker came out? I think so. Um, yeah, um, like a week after, I think. Yeah. yeah. We have the second season of that coming out, uh, which obviously still takes place in the time period that is during the Skywalker saga. But now we have the High Republic stuff coming out, um, which isn't movie-related, but does play into the canon with books, comics, um, and different IP of that sort. But movie-wise, I have no idea where where they're going to go. I mean, at this point, I don't even know, like, concretely 
who they have and who they might not have anymore, like producing or directing movies. Um, Ryan Johnson's thing is still up in the air. I know Kevin Feige's producing something. Um, who else? I have no idea. Um, well, I mean, uh, maybe the, we'll, um, we'll probably the guy who made Star Slate, Wars um, the Slate, Slight, whatever that movie's called. He did oh, yeah. a Sweetheart. So, yeah, J.D. Dillard. Yeah, J.D. Yeah. Dillard and someone else are writing a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I read about that. I mean, there's so many in development at this point where yeah. it's kind of hard to keep up. Um, yeah, I mean, Joe, do you want to go ahead and talk about? Do you have any ideas for the future of Star Wars? Um, I think they should uh, close it for a little bit and just let it simmer. Um, I don't know what I'd like to see. I don't know. I think they'll probably just, just kind of stick to, like, um, uh, they'll probably stick to Disney Plus stuff for a while in the sense that they'll do kind of. I know they're supposed to do a Boba Fett show, and I know they're supposed to do. I know they're they've announced the um Obi Wan show with uh, Ewan McGregor, so I imagine that's what they'll do. I don't think they'll do like a continuation of the story for um at least like 10 years i think they kind of got it because i think last jedi people are still mad about the last jedi um so i think they gotta let things kind of simmer down a little bit before they would continue it um i don't know what i'd like to see in the future i guess ideally they would kind of i don't know i don't really know what i what i even would want them to do because i mean star wars kind of at at its core is the skywalker saga so i don't part of me doesn't want them to continue the story with Ray and stuff, but the other part of me is like, well, they kind of. I don't know if I'd want to see a Star Wars movie like a like a main epi- like an episode like an episode. I don't. What, what would it be episode twelve, episode ten, uh, eight, nine? What would like the next one be if they did one after? Episode oh, 10. ten. Yeah, sorry. About yeah, that. I don't know if I'd want to see an episode ten with like none of the original people in it. You know, because yeah, it's like they it's... kind of. It's interesting. They're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, know? I get. I do get what you're saying about like Star Wars kind of feels like just this, right? For mm. a lot of for a lot of people, and like it's hard to wrap your head around like there's so much other other things they could touch on, right? Um, yeah. I think because I mean I don't know about you guys. I've I've never dipped into the expanded universe. I don't. Yeah. Care to. Um. I there's um when like the Force Wings is coming out, I was very heavily in it. Um, I kind of stepped down a little bit recently because there's just so many goddamn comics. Like, yeah. there's so many. Um, and I mean, Fern, do you keep up with it like constantly or? Um, so when you say about when you say expanded universe, are you talking about the comics coming out now? Yeah, I because I know you said that you read the uh, ones that are now considered that's extended universe or whatever it's called, like uh, uh like the ones that are no longer canon. I know you said you read yeah. those, but do you keep up with the current stuff at all? Uh, not as much as I used to. I used to, yeah. um, I do own a couple of the books, like the, the first kind of wave of books that came out, um, mm-hmm. around like Force Awakens time. Um, and I did read some of the comics. I read the, like the Star Wars comic, um, that came out a long time ago and it's been like, uh, like, uh, what's the word? Like they brought it back again, like in the different, different version. Oh, yeah. I read the first, like the first them. few with, uh. The first few that were like with um Luke, I read. Mm-hmm. I kind of stopped because I there is a thing I had against those comics, and they're not bad or anything. It's mm-hmm. just it felt like they had to fill in the gap between each movie. Like I'm like, does Luke Skywalker just ever like take a nap? Like <laughs> it felt like they had to like fill in the blanks of every second between the trilogy movies. Yeah. Where I was just like, he has to have like a one weekend off, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so uh, this actually brings up a a good point. 
that I can mention about just Rise of Skywalker in general. Um, a lot of flack that that movie gets is it doesn't like re- or like reveal a lot of stuff within the movie itself, but rather like you learn about it in like a book or like like uh, like an art book or something like that, which I get and I completely understand for like the general fan or like Star Wars fans that don't read everything. It could be kind of annoying, but yeah. at least for me, like again, Star Wars is something that I kind of take selfishly and like personally. Like, I'm the type of person that I'm going to read all that stuff and, like, learn as much about it as possible. So it doesn't really affect me that it wasn't all in the movie. Because if I learn about it outside the movie, then the next time I watch the movie, I just take it with me, right? Did you read that, um, that's a great point, but did you read that, um, book before that came out? Like, it was the one between, like, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Um, no, I I haven't, like, read any, any of, like, the newer books, but I do, I always watch, like, um, YouTube videos um, about like pretty much like the recaps of what of like the contents within them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but yeah, like I do know a lot of the like storylines and stuff happening like outside of the movies. Yeah. Um, but I think where they could go, I mean, I think the first place they're gonna go is back in the past, which I mean they're doing it with the High Republic, but just like maybe like an old Republic before Episode One movie um, would be really cool. But going forward, I mean, they could do anything, really. They could literally do anything. They could shoot us in the future, like, 100 years after Rey and, like, all these characters we know are, like, dead. That would be us, cool. And give us completely new characters and, like, you know. And I think one, like, I guess, like, flaw or, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, storytelling is always evolving and changing. But it's, like, what, like, when you think about it, you're, like, what else can they do, right? Like, they're just going to rehash the same, like, hero's journey story. And like evil comes up and they, we have to defeat evil. Um, but when you think about it, it's kind of a timeless story. So who knows? Yeah, it's like, and you can't even really bring stormtroopers back. So like, what do you do that? Like for the third time? It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's difficult. I think they can do it. Um, I was of the assumption they were going to do Knights of the Old Republic next. But after they did the, um, uh, what's what's the new books called? I forgot the name of them. Um, like the High Republic Harry era. Potter. Yeah, <laughs> the High Republic. Um, after they announced that, I'm like, man, I don't know if they're gonna do Old Republic now mm-hmm. because that's their new canon, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's not impossible, I guess. But like, I after they announced that, I'm like, oh, so they're probably just not gonna do that. So now I'm yeah. even more questioning what are the spinoff movies that they've been hyping up? Because I'm well, like, I have knows? no idea. Because yeah. the High Republic, um, even though it's it does take place before Episode One, it's only like a hundred years before, so it's not even like that far out. Yeah. Um, so they could go really like back in time. Yeah, like to. back when the I I would love to see a old Republic movie where it's literally like the like makings of the Jedi religion. Yeah. Like that would be so dope to like see the actual beginnings of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm almost convinced that was gonna be what Ryan Johnson's like plan trilogy was mm-hmm. because the way he dives into history and religion and like stuff in the last jedi makes me question like was that his plan to like yeah. introduce in the last jedi and then have that be his spinoffs yeah um, i definitely think it was between him and um between the uh D D, you know the game of Thrones guys who had their like they were producing a trilogy too um and it just kind of made like thematic sense you know they've done like the whole the whole like medieval you know like war thing so if they yeah if they got like the older public stuff, that would have also been kind of cool, I think. But 
Yeah, and I I think that's a good point because like um I also think the future of Star Wars at least for and that's what Joe said, but for, at least for a while is Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, because Mandalorian is so good, like it's yeah. it's ridiculous how good that show is. Um, uh, yeah, I I just uh, love. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you saw like two episodes. I watched the first. I watched the first episode, and then I watched half of the second one, and I went, ah, I don't need to see this. <laughs> it gets better. You should give it another shot. Um, I probably I, won't. So no, I might. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, and I, I guess if I had to answer the question, um, I think the future of Star Wars is like there, and I think eventually, what you said, Fernando, like the whole hundred-year jump is an interesting prospect. But I do think that they are going to go back to these characters mm-hmm. because even what Joe was saying, like I don't know if I want to see another trilogy with, um, you know, without Luke, Han, and Leia. Um, the thing is, a lot of kids love Ray. Like a lot, of, yeah. we got to remember that we're not. I love Ray. <laughs> well, but what I'm saying is, it's not just like the nerdy fanboys that like hate, like they say they call her Mary Sue. Like Ugh. the more important thing is that kids are responding to Ray in the same way like we responded to the sequel or their prequels when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Like they, it, they're if you go to like any Disney park, like see a little girl see Ray, and your heart will melt because like they get so excited. Like when I saw. Rise of Skywalker, I remember there was a little girl like who was sitting right in front of me and she was dressed up as Rey. And I was like that like that just sums it all up. It's all for it's not just for kids, but like it starts there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think you're I gonna saw, get I saw a little girl dressed like Ray and I grabbed her and I went, God's not real and I ran away. So <laughs> different reactions, but the same I think the same thing is there, you know? I think um Okay, well, thank you, Joe. I appreciate My that. My mom listens uh, to this. I believe in God. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, very Catholic of you, Joe. Um, um, Easter Sunday coming up. Who's excited? What'd you give up for Lent? Society? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think you're going to get another... Um, you're going to get episode 10 with Ray, with Finn and Poe, and you're going to have Ray probably starting up the Jedi Order again. I think it's going to circle back to the prequels. She's going to start her own kind of thing. Um, whatever the conflict is or the villains or any of that um, is up to debate, but I think that's going to probably be the foundation of it at least. And I have I a think theory. I think probably ask me to do one, I think. Yeah. Star Wars movie. They saw Cherry Limeade and they were like, get this guy. Um, yeah, and then they saw Promise Good and His Finest and they were like, give him a trilogy, please. Um, and I think, I have a kind of a, a wild theory. I think almost 100% that Baby Yoda is going to be a teenager in episode 10. And she's gonna be one of he's gonna be one of Ray's students. I like wholeheartedly believe that. I I, I think because with Rosario Dawson being Ahsoka in The Mandalorian, I think she's eventually gonna catch up with all the other characters, get Baby Yoda, get all these Padawans together, and Ray's gonna eventually take over with that. Yeah, I mean, there's um, still so many unanswered questions within like the storylines we already have. Um. That I mean, they still kind of got to answer those two, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there's so, and that's the thing. They have so much more to do. People say Star Wars is dead, but they've been saying Star Wars is dead since like the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I that's the thing. Star Wars is never gonna die. It's never gonna die. People say it's dead all the time. It's never gonna die. Um, Until and, I do it, then I'm gonna kill it. What is dead may never die. Yeah. No one's ever really gone. <laughs> so. That's beautiful. 
And on that note, Fernando, where can uh, everyone find you online? Uh, if you guys want to, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at border underscore logic and follow my letterbox to see all my great movie opinions, uh, which is Fernando um, underscore films. Yeah. Awesome. And you just uh, watched thank- Dear Zachary, a letter Joe sent about his father. He gave it four stars. I did, uh, yes. Um, yeah, and thank you again for being on the pod. Um, of course, of course. Like I said, we always love having you on, but I especially wanted you on for this episode, and uh, we loved having you. Um, Joe, where can everyone find you online? You can find me at Joseph underscore Salamone on most platforms. Awesome. And you can find uh, me and Joe in quarantine together, uh, annoying each other all the time and mm-hmm. bickering on Twitter together. Uh, and you I can will follow- say, it is, it's kind of beautiful that we do disagree a lot, but we pretty much agree about star wars i think that's kind of beautiful that's that's pretty sexy if you ask me um mm-hmm. you can follow me on letterbox adam sidorius and on twitter at adam underscore not sandler and uh you can find all the some reviews on critics.com we have there's no movies <laughs> true <laughs> you there's <laughs> there's no there's no movies well i'm saying there's no there's no movies to review so it's I mean, you can go on there if you want to, if you want to be nice and give us a hit. Um, Otherwise, we'll see you uh, next week, our dear Padawans, and may the force be with you. And Joseph has to stop recording the call. Oh, shit.